1: What's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This was supposed to be a best-of show with a lot of stuff that had happened over the last several weeks. Unfortunately, and reason why we're opening with Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey, is because of um, Governor Murphy's State of the State address that he did uh, about a week and a half ago. And we need to address it because it's something that's very important and it has to do with craft beer in New Jersey as well as liquor license laws and all that other stuff. So um, this is going to be somewhat of a best of program coming up during this hour. You're going to hear interviews from both uh, Josh Hare uh, from Rick's Near Beer and Bill Schufeldt from Athletic Brewing. It's dry January. Uh, I am on vacation right now in an undisclosed location someplace warm. uh, And I decided a best of was the way to go. So you're going to hear those two interviews. Um, that were recorded. The athletic interview was in November. Uh, Josh's interview for Rick's Near Beer was in December. Um, And I think it's important that you hear that because there are many people that are doing a dry January. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, But right now, uh, in this entire segment, we're going to devote this to Governor Murphy, who shared his vision for New Jersey about a week and a half ago in his first in-person State of the State address since 2020. Uh, Murphy said his goal is to make New Jersey more affordable, protect its communities, grow the economy, and secure the state's middle class. He says doing that one step is by reforming New Jersey's antiquated liquor laws. Listen.
2: Expanding the number of available liquor licenses will not only help keep our favorite local restaurants healthy, it will also keep our economy healthy.
1: Now, interesting that he said about the restaurants, because the restaurant lobby is critical to this whole thing okay um it it, it, the restaurant lobby is a very a very powerful lobby that is pouring millions into influencing politicians to vote or craft laws a certain way right and they are not a fan many of them are not a fan of the craft breweries in new jersey now i'm going to read what he said during his state of the state address it's a little lengthy but listen to it He says, but Main Street isn't just a place to shop, it's a place to gather. This is Governor Murphy. And I'm greatly aware that some of, if not the hardest hit businesses from the pandemic were our restaurants. A few were harder hit than the small neighborhood establishments, many, if not most, family owned, that couldn't get a liquor license that is so critical to maintaining a healthy profit margin. I would disagree on that, but I digress. There's no other way to put it. Our liquor licensing regime is antiquated and confusing. We rely on a foundation of rules written in the days immediately after prohibition to govern govern a 21st century economy that makes no sense on that i agree with the governor it makes no sense to restaurateurs like Aaron ryan the chef owner along with his wife nadine of milburn's common lot where a liquor license can ensure the stability of his establishment Aaron is with us today i don't know if a liquor license ensures the is stability of his establishment he's making great food um uh, having liquor in it is not really a big deal that's just my opinion again And so I ask, continuing Murphy, and so I ask for your partnership in rewriting our liquor license laws to make them not just modern but fair. The old rules have purposely created market scarcity and driven up costs to the point where a liquor license can draw seven figures. Again, I agree with the governor. For many small independent restaurateurs, folks like Aaron and many others like him in other communities, and especially those in black and brown communities where access to capital has historically been limited, that's just too high a price to pay. Expanding the number of available liquor licenses will not, will not only help keep our favorite local restaurants healthy, it'll also help keep our, our economy healthy. This won't be easy, but it will be worth it. We project that overhauling our liquor license regime will, gener- will create upwards of 10,000 jobs annually and, over the next 10 years, generate up to $10 billion in new economic activity and $1 billion in new state and local revenues. And here's how we can do it. Right now, the number of liquor licenses allowed to be issued by any local government is one for every 3,000 residents. So for a town of 15,000, it's five licenses. I propose that over the next few years... We gradually relax this requirement and expand the number of available licenses until the restriction is eliminated in its entirety and the market can work freely. Meanwhile, we can maintain the local control that is so critical in making sure our downtowns retain the character that makes them so special. Now, I fully recognize that some restaurants have made significant upfront investments to obtain their current licenses. We must be fair to them, and I propose a targeted tax credit to support them as the supply of licenses grows. I further ask you to join me in removing outdated licensing and operating restrictions... ...on our craft breweries, distilleries, and wineries, which are seeing nothing short of a true renaissance. They're represented here today by Abigail of Medford's Lower Forge Brewery. People from all across the Northeast, and indeed from across the country, are coming to taste what is being poured from bottles, taps, and barrels across New Jersey. They're coming to enjoy one of the best and most diverse restaurant scenes of any state. It is absolutely imperative that we keep this renaissance going. For Erin and Abby and so many others, there is simply no reason for us to push this off any longer. As an aside, one of the easiest decisions Tammy and I ever made was to serve only New Jersey-made beers and wines to our guests at Drumthwacket, and we're adding New Jersey-made spirits to this list by the end of the month. We do this because we want to share our Jersey pride with everyone who enters the people's house. Now, I agree on a lot of these points that Governor Murphy is saying. However, um, my biggest issue it, and I'll get more in-depth in it in a second, is that I feel like this is this grandiose plan, and it's a kick-the-can-down-the-road moment. Uh, New York does this all the time. Every person who runs for mayor or governor talks about rehauling the MTA. Uh, we need to fund it. We need a guaranteed revenue stream, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We need to finish the 2nd Avenue subway line. We need to do all these things. They say it. Everybody goes nuts. And then a couple of months later, it disappears, and nobody ever talks about it. It's a kick-the-can-down-the-road moment. And I think this, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's what this is. It's a rah-rah-rah, let's go, 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 and then it sort of dies on the vine. And again, I know there are legislators that are working on bills. I know there are things that are happening in Trenton. I've heard it from a number of different people. I will believe it when I see it, when it actually comes to the floor for a vote, And it passes. Now, this is a statement from Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, on the State of the State Address. The Guild is appreciative of the comments made today in the governor's State of the State Address, which prioritizes in 2023 fixing the state's long outdated alcohol laws to reflect consumer demands and trends across the nation in the brewery, winery, and distilling industries. We agree that these antiquated laws do need to change, ASAP, so that New Jersey breweries can remain competitive in the craft beverage marketplace and meet craft beer fans' expectations in terms of the overall experience they seek out when visiting a local brewery with their families and friends. That's why our organization has backed various bipartisan legislative proposals currently introduced in both houses of the legislature since this past summer to clearly define and update the rights and Privileges of brewery licenses. We look forward to working with the Murphy administration, legislators on both sides of the political aisle, and state regulators on a craft beverage modernization proposal which includes real, meaningful solutions to the priority needs of the industry now and for years to come. Pay attention to this next paragraph, folks. In the meantime, however, and in light of the fact that these proposals may take time to shape and advance in the legislative process over the next several months, we would ask that the governor immediately take action to, suspend, to this, suspend license restrictions currently imposed on breweries by state regulators until a satisfactory statutory fix is finalized. Many of the license restrictions in place are not tied to any literal statutory language on the books today, only interpretations of legislative intent from more than 10 years ago. Each week that goes by with these license restrictions in place, irreparably harm occur, uh, irreparable harm occur, and the craft beer industry in New Jersey draws closer to a permanent collapse. In our view, short-term action and a long-term solutions are both necessary and should be worked on simultaneously. The Brewers Guild of New Jersey stands at the ready to assist the governor in these efforts. Again, that from Eric Orlando, the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. And Eric is spot on here. The governor... Has the ability to end the restrictions that are currently affecting craft breweries around the state with the stroke of a pen. The alcohol beverage control is appointed, the head of it, is appointed by the governor and serves the governor at the governor's pleasure. Okay? He does not serve the legislature. So the governor can stop this today. Again, it's all words right now. I want to see the governor take action. He could end this today. Okay, and as of this taping, which I've taped more than a week ago, nothing has changed. Okay, so that to me is a big problem. The governor could end this. Okay, and they can be crafting a bill that can get in front of, bo- of both houses sooner rather than later. This is a big. This is a big issue. There are a number of people who have made comments about it. I'm not going to get into the uh, specifics right now. I think this is something we're going to explore in the coming weeks as as things go on. But. Um, I applaud what the governor said in his State of the State address uh, a week and a half ago. I do think actions speak louder than words in this case. This is a great thing, and it gets everybody excited. But from what I'm hearing from a number of different brewers around the state, it sounds to me like nothing is going to change. There, are, there were bills on the table that could, that could change what's going on for the craft breweries for the better and, and not hurt the restaurants in any way, shape, or form. I have a feeling that we are going to see the restaurant lobby, lobby a lot of money in Trenton's direction and a lot of influence to convince these people. Because here's the thing, if you, get a, if you allow lim, more, more licenses for limited liquor, but let's just say it's beer and wine, what's to stop a big conglomerate like an Applebee's or a Friday's from buying up those licenses? Where are the restrictions? Who gets to hold one of those limited licenses? A mom and pop store? Is it legit? Or do they have to go through hoops? Right now, the ABC for the twenty-five events that people have to run that, that craft breweries want to run, you have to go and fill out a form that makes absolutely no sense, and you have to submit it two weeks before the event, and then you could be rejected. You might not hear anything from the ABC, and then all of a sudden, the day before, say, "No, you can't do it." So things need to be streamlined rapidly. And if it's anything like what unemployment was during the pandemic, or trying to find, uh, you know, trying to fill out a form for this anchor plan. Uh, in New York, in, in New Jersey, when you get a property tax rebate, I am not confident that the state of New Jersey can handle this. They couldn't handle unemployment using an antiquated computer system that was forty, fifty years old. That's where I have a problem. We'll get more into this in the coming weeks. But when we come back after a short break, Bill Schufeld from Athletic Brewing will join me from an interview that was taped back in November. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You know, it's funny. I was just in San Diego uh, a week or so ago for uh, the tail end of San Diego Beer Week, and I was remarking to my best friend who was on the trip with me. Uh, we hadn't seen Gary Clark Jr. in a while. He, he, does, he did a few dates this year, but not not really anything extensive. And it just kind of triggered my thing. Like, i got to get back to listening to him a little bit more and was listening to him on the plane. And I cannot wait. I'm Hopefully he's touring next year and get to see him on the East Coast. But, uh... My next guest on the program, he is the co-founder of a brewery that specializes in non-alcoholic beers. They've taken the craft beer world by storm the last couple of years. They started in Connecticut and are now well-established in San Diego as well. See how I tied that all in San Diego, you know, to serve both coasts uh, quicker. For more information on them, just go to Athletic.com com, And by the way, non-alcoholic beer, you can get it shipped right to your door. There's no restrictions. Anybody across the 50 states can get non-alcoholic beer shipped right to their door. Athleticbrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer for the first time, Bill Schufeld. Bill, how are you?
0: Great, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Now, Bill, as the story goes on your website, it started with a pint. You were looking for an option that was non alcoholic. And before you created Athletic Brewing, there was nothing out there that really tasted like a beer. Oh, sharps, that just that stuff just didn't cut it. Is it the obvious reason that no craft brewery wanted to make a non alcoholic beer, so you decided to do it or was it something else?
0: It's exactly that. It, uh, it definitely more than one pint. There's a lot of bad pints <laughs> and meals ruined by not having great pairing, like having a pair of soda with a great meal or, um, you know, as a craft beer, like ironically, the, our non-alcoholic beer company emerged from a love of beer and a love of food and a love of bars and everything. Right. And I just wanted beer that fit into every element of my life.
1: You know, it's funny, Bill, and I talk about this all the time. You know, people say, oh, you pair wine and food. But really, beer and food is a thing that people should pay more attention to in terms of, of pairing. When you're eating spicy foods, you know, an, an IPA, that bitterness really cuts through uh, a lot of the heat that you're getting from, from certain foods and stuff. And I think people forget that beer and food pairings are much, I don't want to say easier, but there's a, a a more interesting process that goes through when you're pairing up. Uh, beer with food so i i think it's essential um that that especially even non-alcoholic beer that it tastes like the you know the the thing that you're looking for whether it's a pilsner whether it's an ipa whether it's a stout and you guys do a great job on that again it took over 100 batches to get the beer to taste the way you wanted it to are are, are you and john uh your brewer constantly refining the process getting feedback from drinkers and the like
0: for sure yeah i mean it's John and the quality teams have just such a like pursuit of perfection in mind. Um, You had to touch on what you just said too. I mean, wine and spirits and everything else have a lot of blind spots in what they pair well with. Like Mm. there's some foods that wine goes terribly with, but beer almost never misses as you know. Um, And the range of beers. So previously non-alcoholic beer had just been all like bland macro lagers. And That pairs with a lot of things, but not in a sophisticated complementary way. I wanted my goal was to be able to open a menu one day and be able to choose alcoholic or non alcoholic and get an equal breadth and be equally as excited about what are what's on both sides of the menu.
1: We're talking with Bill Schufeldt. He's the co-founder of Athletic Brewing, where they pump out lots of different non-alcoholic beers. For more information, just head over to athleticbrewing.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So let's talk about the big news, Bill. It happened back in early November. Carrick Dr. Pepper invested into Athletic Brewing in a big way to the tune of $50 million. Why was this important for Athletic to secure a minority investor in the company?
0: Yeah, so it basically allows us to do a lot more of what we've been doing. Um, As anyone in the craft beer world knows, running a brewery, um, you know, building breweries is expensive. And you want to provide great jobs for your team. You want to get beer out to stores so your fans can actually get your beer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all of that is just so expensive and the economy is not great. and this was a chance for us to secure our financial future, provide great stable jobs and get our beer out to a lot more fans. Um, And in that, you know, I, I came from a different industry. This is, I've been yeah in the beer industry for four or five years, but I definitely don't know everything about the road ahead. And we picked up in this an advisor who does know a lot about like logistics, getting beer around the world, um, Mm -hmm. doing things at scale, um, and so, a lot of the below the line things too, and ultimately just great people. I mean, it, one of the selling things to me was almost all of them had our beer in their fridges. So
1: oh, wow, that's, well,
0: that's a big thing.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's that's half the battle right there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill, but I don't think I've seen Athletic Brewing in big venues like Madison Square Garden, Barclays Center, you know, places around the country like that. Is the goal at some point to get into those arena? to give people more options? Because I have to tell you, I'm a big concert goer. I go to a lot of shows. And listen, I like to drink and have a good time in the parking lot. But usually when I get into the arena, uh, you know, I'm done drinking because I'm usually driving. So I want to sober up to make sure that, you know, I'm okay to drive when I go home. It would be great to have a non-alcoholic option if I wanted to continue to want to have a beer but not really have a beer. You, you know what I'm saying. Instead of, you know, just drinking water or whatever. Is that the goal at some point, to get into those arenas to give people more options?
0: Oh, for sure. It's it's to give people options everywhere. So um, a lot of venues have had our beer, and they're doing great with it. Uh, MetLife has it uh, okay. in New Jersey, um, all the way out to uh, the Seattle Mariner Stadium, um, and then a lot of music venues and things. So it, it takes a while to get everywhere. So right. um, we're probably doing like five or six ven- venue deals a year, trying to figure it out and crack into it. But um, yeah, we have everything. We even have a, a UK football club that has our That we're the official bureau.
1: So, oh, that's that's Um, pretty awesome.
0: Definitely trying to get out there.
1: Yeah, and you know, I haven't been to MetLife in a while, so I I didn't notice that. But you know, that's that's nice to know that in some places it is there already which is great and gives you another option uh, if you just don't if you know you just don't feel like drinking beer anymore talking with Bill Schufeld. he's the co-founder of Athletic Brewing they pump out lots of different non-alcoholic beers for more information just head over to athleticbrewing.com and again you can get their beer shipped anywhere in the United States cuz it's non-alcoholic which is great we're here on the Algatulo Craft beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer so, how many different styles, Bill, does Athletic have for purchase currently? Because I looked on the website, it was like, oh my, I was counting one, two, three. How many, how many uh, different styles does Athletic have right now?
0: Yeah, so I mean, and everything a craft beer lover is looking for in a beer, like mm. say, say right now, you drink alcoholic craft beer on like a Friday, Saturday night, and then like really specific occasions during the week. Right. I would challenge anyone to go to our website and find their favorite style of beer and just put a six pack of it in their fridge at home and see how fast it disappears. I think people will fall in love with having like that Monday night beer, the like midday beer during the work day. Right. Um, and um, so, yeah, we, I, I think we've sold over 50 different beers on our website this year. it's, it's a total credit to our brewing team. Wow. We've got a seven barrel system on the West coast, a three barrel on the East coast. and so we do like super small batches there all the way up to 100 barrels stuff that we sell on e-commerce and then um our our most highly awarded beers right tend to make it out to retail shops and be widely available but yeah right now on our website um so we launched a thankful for ipa pack for christmas mm-hmm. or for thanksgiving which has uh two new ipas in there it's one of our west coast brewers who led the project so two of them have his name on it tucker nice um but yeah, there's a tropical IPA, a passion fruit IPA. Um, we also recently, some of our veterans on the team all collaborated to brew our Ready Front IPA, which um, supports veterans. Uh, it's uh, team red, white, and blue and catch a lift for veterans. And then um, we have a really cool, um, you know, uh, Dry January is coming up around the corner. Mm-hmm. And to give people an exciting foot into that, we have both a really exciting partnership and a a six six pack pack to make it through the month of January that will be six pretty new beers I don't know if we've sold any of them before
1: oh that's awesome and you know I have to tell you the dry January thing is a big thing a lot of people do it I actually did it in September um because I just I wanted to I was uh, getting ready to attend a wedding and I wanted to lose a couple of pounds. And I have to tell you, I did purchase some of your beers uh, in in retail. Uh, and I have to tell you, it was great on a Tuesday night because I don't normally drink during the week, but it was nice on a Tuesday night. I felt like having a beer. I could have something that was non alcoholic and I knew that it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna mess me up before I had to get to bed because I have to be up very early in the morning. So that is a, is a pretty cool thing. Now you also have a line of sparkling waters. Are these all natural carbonated beverages?
0: Yep. So it's, um, it it really started with leftover ingredients and just something fun that, you know, we've got that three barrel pilot system on the East coast and our brewers just threw in some extra hops and like deaerated water and Mm -hmm. mixed it up. And it was a daytime drink that our team was loving. And then we started to just give it out in the tap room, um, to people just as like a water alternative to our beers. Uh And then people started asking if they could purchase it. And that was, we're like, Oh, you want to buy this? <laughs> uh, like, we just make this. And they're like, yeah, can you put like a six pack ring on it and sell it to me? And so it like, it very much like pulled its way out by our team and our customer base. So yeah, day pack is available online in six different flavors, mango, black cherry, blood orange. And uh, it's pretty exciting. And then that'll be launching at retail uh, this upcoming year as well.
1: That's pretty awesome. Now, last question from me, Bill, and we're talking with Bill Schufeld, the co-founder of Athletic Brewing here. AthleticBrewing.com is the website for more information. Why do you think over the last several years there's been this explosion in low alcohol and non-alcoholic beers? Is it really because people want to be more health conscious or is it something else?
0: I so I think it I do not think it's like a new temperance movement or it's not like people are like society in huge numbers is choosing Sobriety is the new way forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I think anything like that is a mischaracterization. I think, I think, especially the younger generations, like younger than me are more flexitarian than ever in what they eat, what they drink and everything. Mm. And I do think over 80% of people who drink our products drink alcohol at other times. It's just from a love of beer. Okay, that you can now have great beer anytime or as you were describing, you know, if you're at a game, if you're at a wedding or something, you can have two beers and then have two more beers and drive home after. Um, like I was, I was at a conference earlier in the week and I was talking to uh, Bart from the Brewers Association. Right. And he was like, I get it now. He's like, I love going out to a brewery and having one or two alcoholic drinks. And then I can hang out for an hour or two after and have four or five beers if I just switch over to non-alcoholic at some point. And, you know, he's like, oh, honestly, I don't even realize it.
1: Uh, it, so does, it does make a big difference. It, it absolutely does because you monitor yourself. I mean, we were just doing a, a tour, you know, of a bunch of San Diego breweries and my best friend and I, and it was kind of like I was driving. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have one or two here. Then I got to lay off because I know I have to drive to the next location and I can't be, I can't, you know, obviously you can't be drunk while you're driving. So you kind of monitor yourself. If there was a, a, you know, a non-alcoholic option um, to have in those brew whatever they are, I mean, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe this is a germination of an idea where athletic brewing is the non-alcoholic beer of choice of every craft brewer. You know, I know they're going to want to do their own yeah. take on it, but well, it's not, you know, an established brand. People know about it. You never know, right?
0: Yeah, in many like non-alcoholic is so difficult, both from a production and then the food safety regulatory side, that right. it's often not worth it to do one skew of non-alcoholic. But um, So, yeah, a lot of our friends in the community, like Ballast Point, Juneshine, Pure Project, all have our beers either on tap or in their tap rooms. And, you know, especially if, if you can keep the drivers or people who aren't drinking engaged for longer, the whole group's going to stay for longer and have more fun.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: so yeah it's been and I think in our uh in Connecticut near our other brewery as well um I think over 35 breweries in Connecticut have our beer in their top rooms as well.
1: See that's great. see now it would be nice if other states uh, you know picked up on that and said yeah you could have the non-alcohol. I mean there shouldn't be any restrictions. That's a it's a great idea. I have to talk to some uh some beer friends of mine and see if that's something that in New Jersey maybe they can duplicate or Uh, maybe in new york my guest has been bill bill schufeld he's the co-founder of athletic brewing lots of great non-alcoholic beers and sparkling waters that you can get shipped directly to your home for more information just go to athleticbrewing.com bill thanks so much for joining me tonight best of luck uh, luck with athletic brewing and the sparkling waters that are coming out love to chat with you again
0: thank you so much yeah would love to be on anytime really appreciate you having me on and spreading the word about athletic
1: you got it When we come back after a short break, Josh Hare from Rick's Near Beer in an interview that I taped back in December and it just aired a couple of weeks ago will join me on the program. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, we're on iTunes and Google Podcasts, you do a search for AG Crap Beer Cast, Alexa Ready as well, uh, uh, Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course we're on the Hopped Up Network. Just head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com, you can check out the podcast version of the show, usually a couple of minutes after the live show ends, uh, and on Monday mornings, like around, you know, five after midnight or whatever, we post that, and you can download and listen to the show whenever you want. Now my next guest, he's the creator of a new non-alcoholic beer that is out now in Texas, soon to be on store shelves all over the Lone Star State. For more info on the near beer and to order it, because again, no alcohol, you can get it shipped anywhere in the in the United States, just go to drinkricks.com. Let me welcome to the craft beer cast on AM 970 the answer, Josh Hare. Josh, how are you? Oh,
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Now, Josh, you're already involved in a in a brewery uh, at Hops and Grains Brewing. Why make a non-alcoholic beer to mass market?
2: It's a, a great question, and I have been in the beverage industry for a dozen years now. I started my first brewery, Hops and Grain Brewing, back in 2010, uh, and opened another restaurant brewery called Pint and Plow Brewing back in 2015. And during that time, you know, beer has seen some ups and downs. Uh, the industry overall has grown, right? Um, but as you know, all kinds of things, flavored malt beverages, seltzers, just a diversification in the beverage segment has happened. We've also seen a slow increase early, and then now it's starting to get rapid with non-alcoholic beer. And so I really wanted to take my experience of brewing uh, as well as my background in the, in the fitness industry back in the running and cycling world um, and kind of meld those two together and create a brand um, that can be enjoyed at all times, morning, noon, and night is, is kind of the tagline that we like to use.
1: Now, you, you've you released just one beer, one, one sort of style. You went with a Pilsner. Uh, why that style instead of an IPA? You know, it's a good
2: question that I've gotten a lot. And for me, you know, obviously living in Texas and, and launching in Texas, lagers are very popular here. Oh. And we really wanted to create a brand uh, and stay focused on that one brand for the launch. And with that, you know, we wanted something that obviously was popular but had a, a broader appeal than just maybe your craft beer drinker. And so Pilsner's have always been one of my favorite beers to drink, uh, as, as well as a challenging style to make. And so we, we took that one on uh, to make something that's got a, a broad appeal, that's nice and crisp, um, you know, summertime, wintertime, uh, you name it. It's a really enjoyable beer across the country. Uh, and so we're, we're going with that Pilsner, and, and we are you know, experimenting with some other brands. And IPA, of course, is being, uh, being experimented with right now, but uh, the Pilsner will be where our focus is for the launch.
1: Uh, we're talking with Josh Hare. He's the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beer that's available online, soon on the shelves in Texas. Uh, coming up, you know, it's uh, they're uh, launching in January here. Uh, all throughout Texas, but you can order it online right now, and to order it, just go to r- drinkricks.com. We're here on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Look, I'm with you, uh, uh, Josh. I love a good Pilsner, and I, I love the fact that sort of the pandemic um, got brewers back to making those beers that take longer to make, that are more precise. You can't really. Um, you can't really fool anybody if there's a mistake in there If there's a flaw, you're going to see it So I love it, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic But I was going through the list of breweries Around the country that make non-alcoholic beer And as I was writing them down from memory The list is actually bigger than I thought I was like, oh, alright, it's only because of athletic It's this, it's that But then as I was going through the list I, I like Within two minutes, I think I had about 18 to 20 breweries already written down But a lot of them are not really that that good. I mean, and I'm not talking about O'Doul's and Sharps. Those are garbage. I mean, you could just, you might as well drink. I, I would, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it, but I'd rather drink something that comes out of my body that I really wouldn't, you know, advise anyone to drink over an O'Doul's or a Sharps. But what makes your near beer different from the others that are out there right now? So we
2: spend a lot of time in research and development, and there's multiple ways to make non-alcoholic beers. Some are more reconstructing the flavors of a beer, um, and then the other process is to actually produce a fully fermented beer and remove the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that process is obviously more expensive, requires more equipment, uh, but we were able to partner with a really great um, manufacturing partner that has you know, state-of-the-art kind of best-in-class equipment. They've developed their own proprietary technology, that enables us to craft a beer in the same way that I've been used to for a dozen years now, Uh, really flavorful, really approachable, you know, really enjoyable. And then rather than, you know, just strip everything out and deliver something like you're saying, that's pretty bland and uh, has a really like maltose, malty kind of flavor is pretty common. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one, I mean, it tastes like a beer because it is a beer, you know, it started as a beer, it fermented as a beer and then gently removed the alcohol um, manage the process such that all the flavorfulness, you know, and, and the, the experience of drinking a beer is all still there. And so that was really, you know, important for me. If you're gonna launch an non-alcoholic brand, you know, it's gotta taste good. It can't just be a sacrifice uh for dry January or for sober October or for you know whatever the cause may be, but it should be something that you want to drink maybe in the middle of a drinking session of alcoholic beers and not feel like you're giving something up. So uh we're really proud of the process, really proud of the product
1: that's That's an excellent point, and Josh the beer for now is only available as we are uh, as this interview is airing right now, it is now only available at brick and motor stores in Texas as January is just starting to start the new year, but anyone can order this beverage if they go to drinkricks.com uh, drink, drinkricks dot com and have it shipped anywhere in the country is that correct That's correct, absolutely and is the is the thought of you know obviously it's in texas now but i'm i'm my guess is you want to be able to market this beer in other states as well without having to if somebody doesn't want to get it shipped directly to their house you want to get it into storefronts uh, all over the country at some point correct
2: Absolutely. We've got a pretty aggressive growth strategy. You know, Texas being my home market is where I really wanted to, to fill out that state first. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're going to expand multiple states um, pretty quickly. I mean, we really want to listen to our customers, and that's why we wanted that direct-to-consumer option so we can get feedback from folks in other states and, and find out r- where the demand really is uh, and make sure that we're making decisions based on what the customers want and where they want it. Uh, but we're going to expand it as quickly as, uh, as is reasonable and possible
1: for us. We're talking with Josh Hare, the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beverage that's available online and soon on the shelves, actually in uh, in shelves uh, in Texas, in the state of Texas right now. But for more info on the Near Beer and to order it, because you can get it shipped anywhere in the United States, just go to drinkricks.com. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. and And what I love, Josh is when you were saying, you know, maybe somebody is drinking, you have having a few friends over, and you're having a couple of beers. This is a great stopgap type of beer if you're looking not to get overwhelmed. You have, you know, something that's non-alcoholic, you know, or water. But, you know, obviously, if you want to continue that trend while you're drinking beer and drink something non-alcoholic to kind of, you know, stave off uh, the effects of maybe getting, you know, getting bombed. Or maybe, you know, it's a friend that's over and, you know, is not Ubering or whatever or not taking a lift. You want them to, you know, have something that uh, when they get behind the wheel is not going to put them uh, in any danger, which I think is great. But now here's the more important question, because I'm sure people have asked you this. Why name the beer Rick? Why not Josh? You describe Rick as being the legend listening to Led Zeppelin, etc. Where did you come up with, of all the names in the world, where did you come up with Rick?
2: It's a great question that everyone has asked me, and, and I really love getting it. One, I didn't name it Josh's because I I don't really like naming anything after myself. Okay. Um, but the Rick's piece came really with the work between myself and our branding team. And, you know, the idea was, you know, storytelling is, is incredibly important just in life in general, and it's one of those things that has yet to be commoditized by technology. Uh, and it's really important that we as, you know, business owners and just anyone, you know, over over drinks together. Storytelling is important. And there's always that larger-than-life character in a story that makes the story even better. Uh, and as we started telling stories, the name Rick kept popping up. You know, someone who had a, a, a grandpa that was just hilarious or an uncle or a brother-in-law. Right. Um, and we just kept coming back to that. And every person that we talked to had a Rick in their life. Uh, and so it just it sounded good. It, it rolled off the tongue well. It was you know easy to say. It was a memorable name, something that people can can really remember. Uh, and so we really love that vibe and personality of of you know what stand, what what Rick stands for in our lives, which is that bigger, larger than life you know component of a story that just that makes everyone smile.
1: See, that's pretty cool because I thought you were going to tell me that it was some it was somebody getting Rick Rolled or you know Rick Astley and they're a big. Big fan of that of that artist, but I love that. Somebody, everyone that you talk to, somebody knew a Rick. See that's see that's cool because that's not Rick is not really a common name, but apparently in the course of your conversations, it was a pretty common name, and he was a pretty cool dude. Yeah, yeah,
2: and when you say Rick, you expect that there's you know a, a big story behind it. So uh, right, we really like that. <laughs>
1: I love it. So uh, last question for me, Josh. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you're, you're planning on making an IPA. Are there any other styles that you're planning on doing as you move forward, or is it just as the market kind of – if enough people demand, hey, we want a Stout or we want a Saison uh, or we want a Porter, uh, you'll, try, you'll, you'll make those beers?
2: Yeah, after the IPA is definitely going to be number two. And that we went off with of just general data. I mean, it's, it's not hard to see, you know, if you look at anything, that, that Logger and IPA are up there at the top. Um, but then after that, we're really going to, you know, spend a lot of time engaging with our customers and do that market research and listen, listen to the folks drinking our products uh, and see what they want next. Uh, and then expand based on that.
1: Excellent. My guest has been Josh Hare, the creator of Rick's Near Beer. It's a new non-alcoholic beer. It is available online. It is on the shelves in Texas right now as we start the new year. For more info on the Near Beer and to order it, you can get it shipped anywhere in the country. Come right to your door. Just head over to drinkricks.com. Josh, thanks so much for joining me tonight. All the best with the beer. Can't wait to try it. It sounds like it's a really delicious Pilsner, and I I can't wait to taste it for myself. All right. Thank you. This has been fun. You got it. Up next, it's time for suds and duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. <music> Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, the uh, best of edition, but this is. Uh, This is a new segment because we are doing suds and duds here, and we don't have a lot of time, so we're going to get right to it uh, on the suds and duds. But before we do that, uh, real quick, uh, the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, get your entries in by the 27th of January, and in the spirit of giving... They've announced uh, the Craft Beer Marketing Awards that 100% of all proceeds of its new category, Best Beer Brewing Related Tattoo, will be donated to the Michael James Jackson Foundation, an organization that funds scholarship awards to black, indigenous, and people of color within the brewing and distilling trades for a more just, equitable, and dynamic future. Again, you've got to get your entries in by January twenty-seventh, twenty 2023. Uh, and if your uh, tattoo wins, they're going to be doing it 100% of all the proceeds of their new category will go right to the Michael James Jackson Foundation. So kudos to the Crushies uh, for doing that. Now, let's dive into Suds and Duds before we run out of time here. I was at the Hop Shop on Staten Island a couple of weeks back and a great little place on Van Duzer Street on Staten Island. Good food, and they have a very, very good tap list. Started off with the Greenwood Porter by Southern Grist Brewing. This is nice and roasty, delicious. You get that coffee flavor in there. Really good beer. Southern Grist makes some good stuff, so I was happy uh, that they had that on tap. Uh, Platform Beer Company, The Midnight Martian. This was fantastic. Blueberry forward, nice hit of vanilla on it. Delicious. Really enjoyed that. I could have went back to that one again and again. I went with a Grim Weiss, solid wheat ale, light, really, really nice. uh, That that Hefeweizen uh, type of uh, flavor, I love it with the banana and the clove. This one was probably my dud of the week because I really wanted more uh, cherry out of this one. Cherry Pie Scraper by Night Shift Brewing. I really was... Um, it's a, It was supposed to be reminiscent of a cherry pie, and I didn't get that feel from it uh, when I was drinking it. I really wanted a little bit more cherry to it. It felt like there was... felt like more crust than cherry, if that makes sense. More bready than cherry. I, I, I think that's the way I want to look at it. Then I had the... Uh, Gimme give Gimme give More Punch by Killsborough. Sucked down half the glass before I even took a picture of it and posted it on social media. Man, that was great. Fruity, sour, just a really great beer. Killsborough does some uh, fantastic, fantastic work. And then we had our big event for Brewery Strong and NJCB Night over at Paragon Tap and Table. And I have to tell you, first off, thank you to all the breweries for coming out. Uh, thanks to everybody who came out. The bar was packed uh, Paragon and Table was very happy. We are planning on doing this again in June. Uh, this way, we can take advantage of the good weather and the uh, outdoor patio. Maybe we'll do it on a yappy night where you can bring your dog. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be raising more awareness for Brewery Strong in the months to come. So it was great. Uh, brewerystrong.org for more information if you want to make a donation or to learn more about what we do at Brewery Strong, an organization that is near and dear to my heart. Now, let's dive into the beers. First up, Coastal Brew Works, their Nautical Twilight. This is an absolutely delicious beer. It is. This is the last of their core beers that they've released. Um, there's some talk of them uh, going to it. They're not going to be in Wall anymore. They'll be at a different place somewhere in uh, South Jersey, uh, and I cannot wait uh, when that happens. But this is a great porter. It gives you all the elements that you want without being too stout-like, without being too thin. It's got a ton of flavor. It's a great beer. Now, I must say, Augie Carton does a great job with regular coffee and all of the irregular variants. The Café de Horchata by Carton may be the best version of the coffee series yet. It is an elevated churro coffee, but everything is perfect. It's smooth. It's coffee. It's cinnamon. It, 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 just every single thing, it's creamy. Everything works in this beer. Everything. It's fantastic, and I had it... As my second beer, because I knew at a over 10% beer, I needed to drink that one early so that I could kind of lay off a little bit and then go back to something else. So what was the thing that I went back to? I went to Krupe- uh, Krupevi? Krupavi. I- I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. Probably not. By Twin Elephant. An outstanding pilsner. Crispy, delicious, just has all the right elements. It is a fantastic beer. Uh, Twin needs to make more of those beers. I know they're limited by capacity uh, with their facility, but that is a fantastic beer. Guys, m- make more of that. It's great. Um, Icarus uh, had their Brew Jersey on tap at Paragon. Tasty hazy. Uh, they're the guys who originated this this uh, recipe, which they put out there and everybody kind of tweaked on their own, but it was nice to, uh, to drink the OG of um, Brew Jersey uh, from Icarus Brewing. Delicious beer. Uh, it, it was just fantastic. We had a great time that night. I have to tell you, So thankful of everyone. A dollar of every pint that was purchased, and there were a lot of pints that were purchased. That's what a lot of people drinking beer. Uh, Goes directly to Brewery Strong. And our our job this year, uh, as it were, is to raise awareness for um, brewing education. People want to continue their uh, beer education. They can do so. We're going to be giving out scholarships. Um, We're hoping to raise $10,000 this year. I don't think that is an unrealistic goal. I think we can hit it, and I think we can hit it before the end of the year. So, again, if you want more information about it, it's brewerystrong.org. Uh, you can click there. It'll give you all the information about the organization. If you want to donate, you can. If you want to purchase a T-shirt, uh, a glass, or some other stuff, you certainly can, uh, and we really thank you uh, for your support. But. Folks, we are out of time. And my thanks to everyone involved in the program, including my guests, Josh Hare from Rick's Near Beer and Bill Schufelt from Athletic Brewing. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I will be back on the Joe Piscopo Show Wednesday at 6 a.m. since I'm still on vacation right now. And on next week's program, Bob Olson from Bolero Snort Brewing is going to join me. Their 10th anniversary of Bolero Snort was just a couple of weeks back. We will talk to Bob from the brewery about that, and I'll give you a whole review of uh, Bolero Snort's 10th anniversary party uh, on next week's program. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody.